So I have a story for you. What's your story? So last night I went to Elvis Costello for my birthday by myself, as I do. And there's no way to tell this story without some level of conceit and horn tooting. So you're just gonna have to bear with me. I wore an absolutely killer outfit, like killer outfit. My 11 year old daughter looks at me and goes unprompted. Wow. You look really cute, mom. Which point I was like, I might be onto something here. People were stopping their vehicles as I walked the three blocks from my car to the uptown to just go, Hey, I really like your dress dudes on bicycles and that nobody's saying anything creepy. It's just like, it's a great outfit. Like you, like it was weird. A level I see it? Cause I don't take pictures of just me. Um, selfies are for community anyway. Um, so my point being, I am essentially strutting down the street at this point. Very, very full of myself because I'm like, I look amazing. I am at maximum everything right now. I am feeling the most Kate I have ever felt in my entire life. And there's a couple walking in front of me who had parked right before I did. I did a little zippy parallel parking action because I'm really good at it. And then I'm walking to the venue behind them. And the guy turns back to me and he goes, Hey, is this the right way to the Elvis Costello show? And I said, yeah, you're almost there like another block and take a left. And he goes, okay, well you showed that you could parallel park. So I assumed you could also do directions. And I go, I shit you not KB. In my worst non-existent Liam Neeson voice, I respond with, I have a very specific set of skills. No, you did not. I did. No, I did. did <laughs> I definitely did. As much as you hate that <laughs> turn it into a real terrible joke yeah 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 well so uh i think at this point it might be a good time to say i'm kate i'm kb (laughs) and this is the center seat i still can't believe that that i mean that's the intro right there it doesn't even need to be said uh (laughs) besides going to elvis costello concerts and quoting liam neeson how are you Uh, I'm good. I'm trying to think what movies I've been watching lately. And I don't. Oh, no, no. I watched the um, I watched the Val documentary on Amazon. What's that? It is. So Val Kilmer, who was my first celebrity crush and one of the most beautiful man got ever placed on this earth. Pretend I got the grammar right there. Um, he has recorded and saved everything uh, from the beginning of his career. And then he turned it into a documentary about the conversation that he has is that it's supposed to be about acting, but similarly to the movie that we're going to talk about today, hint, hint, foreshadowing. um, It actually really ends up being this beautiful movie about family and fathers and sons, because Mm -hmm. 
he has um, this throat issue now and he has this tube that he's talking out and he's not totally recognizable as his past self. Like he's, he's very much transformed and his son, Jack does the voiceover of all of his words. And his son, Jack sounds exactly like he did at the beginning of his career. And they also film these kind of montages together that are really kind of silly and endearing. And just the two of them, like when they talk about him as Batman, they dress up as Batman and Robin. And like, it's, um, it, I really didn't find it to be a movie about acting at all. I found it to sort of be more of a movie about tribe and family and, um, and, and transformation very much so, but it was lovely. I, I thought it was so excellently done. It, it's, I didn't feel like there was a specific point necessarily he was trying to make more of a thing he was just trying to share and just say, and then there is this and take it as you wish to take it. And I, I loved it. I thought it was so good. I really enjoyed it. I mean, I had the added advantage of having always been interested, right? Like, God, he's so beautiful. Um, but I just, I really, I really thought it was excellent. And you said that was a Netflix documentary? It's a, no, it's streaming on Amazon. And um, yeah, and it's, uh, it's worth your time for sure. What have you been watching? Um, that, that just made me think you said documentary. And um, the only thing new that I've watched was a Netflix documentary. It was called Untold. Um, it's about, um, I'm going to get sporty on you here for a minute. It's, it's about the malice at the palace. I don't know if you the know. The what? The malice at the palace. I do not. Okay, I'll, I'll make it quick. Back in 2004, there was an escalated uh, situation where NBA players ended up in the stands fighting. I, I don't want to call them fans, but attendees of a basketball game. And basically, this is the untold story from the players. Oh, that and sounds then, very interesting. And I don't care for basketball yeah, or sports and, in general. And I would say this is told from an advantage of like, even if you're not into sports, just to finally get the story, because none of them have spoken about it in detail. And apparently, um, I want to say the NBA could be somebody else, but I'll just say the NBA has kept um, additional footage from ever being seen. And they were just painted as thugs and criminals. And it changed the landscape at NBA and the rules for a couple of years. Oh, wow. So um, to finally go back and hear from their story, I mean, these guys had like criminal cases against them. So to see that and, you know, to remember it happening, it, it was just like the, the vitriol behind it and all that. And you never knew exactly what happened or the outcome of what happened afterwards. So it was really interesting. It was kind of short too. So like you said, even if you're not into sports, um, it's not like growing out or anything. You probably watch yeah. it. Well, it doesn't sound like it's so much about sports. No, it's more about the incident and how it affected not only the league but also these players lives because they lost a lot I'll just say that so where did you watch such a thing it's on Netflix called Malice at, oh Malice, at the, Malice in the Palace they call it cool. I did also watch um 
the TMC, God bless them, was doing a Catherine Hepburn day while I was in the hospital last week. I'm fine, everybody. Um, but that's the only reason I would have been able to watch Xanax Cable. And so I watched um, my favorite Catherine Hepburn and Spencer Tracy movie, mm-hmm. which is Woman of the Year. Is Catherine Hepburn at her most beautiful? And it's these interesting gender politics that some hold up, some don't. And it closes with, and it's this couple that like, they just kind of can't get on the same page, right? Like they are made for each other. The attraction is there. The chemistry is there. It's perfect. But like, she has this um, very sort of high profile women's Libby career and he's a sports reporter and they're both traveling all the time. And like for all of the good intentions, neither of them's particularly willing to budge on anything. And so they can't, it makes it very hard to make things work um, as does when someone won't budge at all. So they, um, and so the movie's kind of about them sort of navigating that, but it's hilarious. And then it ends with this fantastic slapstick scene of Catherine Hepburn's character trying to make breakfast for the very first time ever and being completely unskilled and unequipped to use a kitchen. And uh, it's just so good. It's so funny. And, um, and the visuals and the clothes and the sets, and um, there's a few gags with hats and whatnot. And uh, I just love it. So I really enjoyed getting to revisit that one. Yeah, I love all those uh, early 40s rom-coms of those times. Because, They're the best. Yeah, and and it is a very interesting time because sometimes they would actually defy, especially with a Catherine Hepburn movie, they would define the classic genre roles but not make it blatant in your face. Yeah, and this is a little bit of that, and it's interesting too because Catherine Hepburn herself comes from a family history of women's lib suffragette the whole thing and so a movie like that would be something that she would take very would have taken very deliberately because of this strong female character and because of those um, tones in the movie and it's interesting to see how far it gets before cultural norms and social uh you know rules of the day kind of push back on it it's it's still very much a product of its time but it's a bit more forward thinking than some others and it's just it's just charming i just love it it's good that was the movie she made after philadelphia story that sounds right yeah it was the first one it was the first one that she and um that she and spencer made together if i'm correct they met on the set of that one and uh and so an epic and sort of messed up love affair was born. Yeah. And how many movies did they make? Together? Like eight, I think they made seven, nine. Eight, maybe nine. maybe just seven though. Yeah. Somewhere in that range. But... Yeah, some talking head on TCM told me the answer to that question, but I don't remember it anymore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that's yeah. definitely one of the great duos of an Oh yeah. Well, I think the thing that made their chemistry so unique was that, because I feel like Joanne Woodward and Paul Newman had their own unique chemistry, right? But I feel like it had a much more traditional vibe to yeah. it, right? Yeah. Where the, the watching Spencer Tracy and Catherine Hepburn on stage is watching two iron-willed humans negotiate and give well, and... Acting. <laughs> 
Right. <laughs> and like give and take, but only on their terms mm-hmm. in very specific cases. And it is fascinating to watch. Like, oh my gosh. Yeah. I love those guys. Anyway. So she could be a, a stubborn old goat when he's ready. And the two of them together, it's just like you you would think they clash, but they, they kind of work so there's well a, it's like this perfect dance of give and take. Say, that's like a beautiful dance. But it, it is, but it's there's like this, there's a generosity to it that you can see is only with each other. Mm-hmm. Nobody right. Nobody right. And they're like, I'm not bending even this millimeter that you're going to get for anybody else. And then oh. you see the gratitude for that millimeter on the other side. And it's, I don't know, it's just, it's lovely. Yeah. So, yeah. We want to talk about today. We got to see, uh, we got to see kind of a big one ahead of time for once, which is real weird. Yeah. It's almost like we're getting back to like regular movies going and everything. I mean, we still wore masks, but we also ate Twizzlers. Through, through our mask, through our mask. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And the movie we're talking about is Shang Chi. I gave you ten years to live your life. Now you see me rise. And where did that get you? I trained you so the most dangerous people in the world couldn't kill you. Son, it's time for you to take your place by my side. So the Marvel Cinematic Universe, the MCU, continues with phase four with the new film, Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. I'm just going to call it Shang-Chi because that's too long of a name for me. But it tells a story um, that continues, let's see, after, I guess, Endgame because nobody's in there. But um, unlike Black Widow, it tells the modern day story of Shang-Chi, a young man who's trying to escape his past and gets pulled back into it, which is the prime family of, of the Ten Rings, which uh, previously has been seen in the Iron Man movies. And that's how it ties into the past, if you didn't know. And Simu Liu plays uh, Shang-Chi, and it co-stars Aquafina, plays his best friend Katie, and the, the great thing about this is besides being a new superhero movie, what it also does is it also gives us a new type of Asian cinema. So we get that combination of the Marvel magic that we've seen in different ways with a, a new fresh element. It kind of reminded me of when we first saw Black Panther, um, just stepping out of the typical superhero uh, origin story and just giving new excitement to it. I found it to be magical. I found it to be mystical. Um, and it was really fun, a really great representation of the API community as well. Uh, what did you think about it, Miss Kate? 
Uh, I thought it was very, very well done. Um, I really had so much fun watching it. I didn't realize how long it's been since I've just seen a good Kung Fu movie. And that was just a good, like the fight scenes are a blast and they're not boring. And I have a tendency if the action gets too intense, too over the top, um, I check out like my brain sort of wanders off and I'm like, ah, pretty, pretty colors. And I am zoned out. Uh, and that, this movie was not void of that, but it didn't happen until the very end for me. Um, but I also felt like the movie had such depth to it, um, because of its themes of family and acceptance and sort of accepting your shadow self and the darker sides and the dark mate, you know, yeah, hopefully you inherited some great things from your parents, but what if you inherited some not so great stuff from your parents and how do you, how do you incorporate those things together and how do you still be a full person and have a full understanding of yourself? Cause you have to deal with that. You can't just ignore it in order to, um, in order to sort of level up into your best self. And I thought that was so well handled and such a um, lovely takeaway. And then also, I really kind of, I mean, the, the overarching theme of the movie is, of course, family, but the father-son story was very well done, I think, too, because it was not yet again the Vader evil dad thing. It was more yeah. nuanced, but it was, it was done with, I feel like, so much more um, understanding of shades of gray and nuance and and the idea that there is never a villain who thinks he's a villain and um and so I thought that that was there was just there was a core of understanding of character to the movie that I feel like Marvel doesn't generally do and it made it much more interesting for me It, it was weird because you had this balance of love like familial love but also the evil with the character of his father and like just having that balance and his whole underlining um, story trajectory, um, the Tony Leon uh, character of his father is, it, it made it enduring in a way, but at the same time, you're like, you're bad. <laughs> well, and what I thought was so well done about it was that it wasn't even a, it wasn't from a place of malice. Like it's mm-hmm. like this character starts as a power hungry whatever you know he's the mandarin he's all of this but he uh he has this really interesting story of he finds love he makes a new choice he learns he grows but then things happen and that gets twisted and i think that that's such a relatable situation right like we all get into situations where something got twisted and and it it starts to appear that somebody is a villain or that everyone's out to get you or whatever. And it's usually a, a misunderstanding and an off perception or not enough information. And to take something as basic as that and kind of extrapolate it the way that they did. I just, I just made it more interesting and more engaging emotionally for me. Yeah. Um, just going back to what you were saying about the fighting sequences and the various martial arts styles in there it was really nice to see this combination of you know this beautiful tai chi mixed with you know like 
um, the Wu Ping style that you would see like in a lot of movies like The Matrix and everything. And then there were other styles from different characters. So almost they represented like their own style of martial arts based on the character. And just having this blend and this combination of all the various different styles. Very, very uh, traditional Asian cinema-like quality. Like it almost reminded me of Crouching Tiger. Yeah, I had that same thought a couple times, actually. Uh, that Especially first, when it got mystical. Yes. That first fight scene between, um, I can't ever remember his name, the dad and the when, mom, when essentially. The, Thank you. When they meet um, was so beautifully done. And it, I my brain went immediately to Crouching Tiger because I just don't have a ton of other things to reference. I feel like females in fighting movies turn into sort of a trope of its own, right? You have to prove all the things you can take on a dude. And then it's also, but you also have to get your cat fight in there. And like on the American side, it's just, it's sort of formulaic and icky. And what I really loved about the way this particular fight was handled and the, something I've sort of seen a thread of in other um, Kung Fu movies is it's more about actual female energy and feminine energy and balance and that being different and just as powerful. And I felt like that first fight scene between the, well, the only fight scene between the two of them was really um, emblematic of that. And it was, it was, it was just lovely to watch. It was really great. Mm -hmm. Talking about Crouch and Tiger. Um, one of my favorite performances in the movie was uh, Michelle Yeoh, who plays yes. uh, Shang-Chi's aunt in it. Uh, she shows up like in the middle of the movie and and we were all like, oh, yeah, because I don't that. watch trailers. So I didn't, yeah. know. I didn't there, know. There were a few surprises in the movie that had me like that. But yeah, that's the one I'll talk about for now. Exactly. The other one we're not talking about because it's too good. And we are not messing with that. Yeah, really. Not even in spoilers. Alone. It won't nope. even be in spoilers. We're not telling you anything. No, nope. but um, just to see her um, show up once. This is actually the second time she's been in a Marvel movie. She showed up briefly at the end of Guardians of the Galaxy 2 but um, totally different character. But um, just to see her presence, and like I said, this movie is full of uh, various Asian Americans and Pacific Islanders, and just to see them as carrying a movie as a cast and not saying this is like an Asian cinema movie like Crouching Tiger was or anything like sure. that. Sure. was really, really good. Another felt very person. underrepresented as a white blonde girl, I will say, <laughs> it, well, which was a nice feeling because that's not a thing that has ever happened to me before. I was like, yeah. oh, hey, that's Sometimes cool. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm good um, with it. I'm real good with it. it. It's always nice to see Aquafina play something besides just like a comedy heel. Yeah, and she but she was still the comedic she relief. Comedic. She, but it was not she they did especially as the movie sort of wrapped up and approached its um its more climactic moments like she real her character was really given a journey of more emo emotional depth than I anticipated I was expecting yeah. something that was going to be kind of female buddy sidekick and then they really gave her something to do and it wasn't I mean you started to see it like oh I see where this is going but it was um, it was still a very fresh take on that, which I appreciated. Yeah, I I think they purposely set it up like that, like, hey, this is his sidekick, and then mm -hmm. something I didn't expect, growth. 
Hey. <laughs> that was a pleasant surprise. And Sidekicks don't generally grow much. No, no. So it was really, really good. And the thing is, her not knowing about his past just added an extra element to their relationship. And they did have some really nice chemistry. And like, it just from a pal around buddy, like it just, it was really, really good. But they kind of, obviously there will be sequels because Marvel, but um, they kept such a light touch on it. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, it was just, it was, it was fun to watch them together, but you weren't going, okay, this is going to be this. Like it was just, um, she has so much whip snap mental all of it when she's delivering her lines and when she's in those scenes and he obviously I didn't find to be a super strong actor um, he didn't need to be because he could move the way he did and he could fight do those scenes and the fight scenes were phenomenal I didn't really need him to act much um, but what I liked was that instead of her carrying him, she balanced him. And I thought yeah. that worked really well. Very well. But we do, we do have to cut, talk about the big scene at the end. Cause that I think was our only point of trouble. Like I was with it. I was yeah. here for it. And then it just got to be too much. Yeah. And, and that's the thing I, like I was saying, the the magic and the mystical elements in the movie was so well balanced throughout the end and then you always expect things to be kicked up a notch when you get to the climax of the movie they, they kicked it up like 10 notches and they did and it was yeah. almost like it was so well balanced before even if you would have kept it right there right perfect I don't it was know how you balls to the wall. I could like I couldn't track everything that was happening. Yeah. It was almost like one of those Lord of the Rings battle scenes where you have everything's going on and there's and air fire and there's water and there's and it's over and over. But then you also have more, all the elements in there. <laughs> right. But then on top of that, you also have these really big emotional end of movie conclusions that are happening simultaneously. Mm-hmm. And it was just like like we they wrapped up something and i remember looking at the screen and being like wait wasn't there like a big thing there i'm trying not to give it away but like wasn't there like a big thing there and where wait what happened to that and it had been roughly 90 seconds since it had been resolved and i had already had no idea what had happened because yeah. i just i couldn't take in all that information and sometimes just because you can do the graphics maybe you don't need that many graphics like yeah. it was very very beautiful um but it was also just like too much. And maybe I'm dating myself. I did just turn almost 40. Um, but it was too much for my brain to comprehend all at once, all the things. I should take my kids and believe me, I will. I want to take every kid I know to this. It will be so much fun. It is the perfect take your entire family movie. The best analogy I can make is a 4th of July fireworks display where you're like, oh, this is great. Oh, look at this one. And then at the end, they had that bombardment of fireworks all at the same time. Yeah, <laughs> but like make it so. make it around the entire horizon to where you don't know where to look. Exactly. Yeah. And it's like, whoa, too much, too much. We were doing so well. I need you, I need you to pull it back. Yeah, but yeah. I think at that point, it, there was no pulling back. And I don't know, maybe it's the, the Marvel way, but it was like That's at fair. that point, it was just like, we just got to go all out. It's the end of the movie. Right. This is our formula. This is what we do. Mm-hmm. 
but and so, I, 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 I really liked it. I really liked it too. And I'm, I don't, what kind of rating are you going to give it? What kind of rating gonna are you going to give it? my money to this one. Yeah, no, I'm taking my kids for sure. Cause, because that's the other thing is it's like both of my children will enjoy this movie. It's super, super fun. It's very, very family friendly. And, um, and that's the other thing is I am, I am Marvel light, right? Like I like guardians of the galaxy. I stopped watching Marvel movies. I think I got through one Thor and maybe two Captain Americas. And then I was like, I no longer care about this. Um, I'm on the other end of the spectrum. I'm former comic book kid. (laughs) I am too. But I'm seeing like all my old, like favorite comic books and characters live. And I was an X-Men. I was more X-Men than avengers um, anyway characters wolverine but psylocke uh, oh yeah i was that one day <laughs> <laughs> um i i have opinions about olivia munn but we'll let this go so mm. anyway all of this to say having checked out of the marvel universe quite a few movies ago and there being some um is it was it it's iron man three references right not two Correct. Iron Man okay. three references. It was I yeah, and so there's there are some allusions and connections to Iron Man three here. Um, I was fine. Mm-hmm. I did not feel like I was left out of anything. I didn't, but I also didn't feel overly explained to, yeah. which is important. Like it just worked. If it's you've important. never seen a Marvel movie, you're still gonna enjoy yourself here, and yeah, that's um that's a that's a big applaud because I feel like Marvel can be a little like no, but this is for the fans, you guys, and this is just for moviegoers, and they do a great job. Yeah, I was just about to say that this is one you don't have to know the soap opera drama of the MCU to like fall in and just enjoy this as a singular uh, movie. And I would say the only other Marvel movie I could say that about going in was um, Guardians and also Black Panther. Those are the only other movies I would say you didn't have to know anything about the characters Mm -hmm. or the connection. But if you do, there's enough connection to make you look forward to the other uh, phase four movies that are coming out soon. So what kind of, uh, what kind of rating are you going to give it? Because of the ending, taking it down a notch, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I'm going to have to bring it down to four side game scales. I'm going to also give it four chicken pigs. Oh. <laughs> okay. Uh-huh. So you're gonna say faceless dogs, but you know. No, chicken pig. Okay. I loved that thing so much. I want one. I don't. It'd be terrifying, but I do. See the movie to know exactly what we're talking about. Yeah, pretty um, much. It's it's definitely worth one going to see and enjoying the movie theater. Um, and it's not going directly to Disney Plus like Black Widow. Hey, lawsuits work. Hey, lawsuits too. Um, I don't know if I even have any spoilers I want to talk about on this one. Like, it's not that deep of a movie. Like, it's not like. No, like all my spoilers would be the the MCU comic book deep stuff. I mean, and I'm happy to listen to that and weigh in if you want to do it. Nah, I just like from a plot perspective and all of it, like it's, it is still a fluff piece. Like it's a fun popcorn movie. Y'all should go see it and enjoy yourselves, especially in the air conditioning while it's real hot. But 
there's nothing particularly deep or meaningful. I feel like I need to delve to make sense of what I saw. Yeah, it's not a water yeah. movie. Super good. Origin story. Go see it. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Movie comes out Friday, September 3rd. So until next time, I'm KB. And I'm Kate. Yeah, how easy that was. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. Okay, I'm going to try that in other situations. Okay. We'll see you next time on the Tennessee. Bye. Provided by The Big Law, Todd Kelly. Please subscribe and follow us on Twitter at Center Seat Pod. And you can subscribe to our podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or any of your favorite podcast platforms. We'll see you next time.